2: Four years ago, you know, there were only two of us in the race and we split uh, the vote about 50% each. This time we got a whole lot of candidates.
1: Yeah, the point being, you don't have to get uh, high numbers to win Iowa, and Joe Biden currently polling at 24 could win Iowa at 24 when you've got it split amongst many people. Mm. Um, uh, latest poll came out yesterday, Biden 24, Bernie 16, which just seems to be his number everywhere. And winning the Iowa caucus means what, officially? Oh, it says it's a bellwether. It vaults you into the blah,
0: blah, blah, blah. It just shows that you're to be taken seriously okay. and and, and puts you in the top tier going into uh, New Hampshire, <laughs> and, South Carolina. And for
1: whatever reason, it just is true. True. If you don't do well in Iowa and New Hampshire, you almost always have to get out because your money dries up. Nobody gives you any more yep. money, and you're just done. So you got to
0: win an Olympic medal. If you're not in the top three, you're in
1: serious trouble. So just yeah. momentum precedent, but it isn't any sort of official delegation that now you are on. Now it's, you must be on a ballot on the general. It's or not, not official, like that, no. but if you go through past years, it's consistent enough that if you don't do well in Iowa and New Hampshire, you are done. Yeah,
0: part of it is that, and this this would be super cool. I think, you know, to be an Iowan, and you meet all these candidates multiple times. You hear them speak multiple times. I mean, it is a long job interview. And, you know, to whatever extent you agree, I guess, with the mainstream of Iowa voters on the issues. I mean, they might nominate somebody that I would just despise just because we see the world differently. But to whatever extent you agree with the Iowans on the issues, they'll do a pretty good job of telling you who's a serious candidate and who's not. I can't think of Well and then a week later I can't later, think of any time in in the near past anyway, I'd have to think about it for a while, but where a really good candidate, a candidate that should have done well, got screwed by those rotten, rotten Iowans. I don't think it happens
1: that much. Well then like a week later you go to New Hampshire with a different crowd, another small state, and then you got those two to compare and if you didn't do well in either one of those, you're done. That's just historically been true. Right. Now everything historically has changed. So who knows? Maybe well, and this after year's New Hampshire, different.
0: you go to South Carolina in the summertime, which tells you how sweaty they are. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want a candidate that's going to be totally drenched all the time. And I tell you what, if you can get through the summer in South Carolina without having your just your your underpants wringing out wet from sweat, you are a hearty specimen.
1: But just to, uh, to finish you this You feel part, like you can't breathe. Oi. Bernie is basically tied now with Warren, Elizabeth Warren, and Pete Buttigieg. So... You got a three-way Ooh. tie for second, 16, yeah. 15, 14, but that's within the margin of error. So three-way tie for second is, uh, that's the kind, you know, just it was 1% two months ago. It's yeah. 14% now. A couple of way lefties and a pretty damn far way lefty in uh, Mayor Pete. I like Mayor Pete always wears the white shirt and the tie. He's not going with them, putting on different clothes in different counties or different audiences. He's doing the Trump thing. I wear a suit. I wear a suit all the time. Mayor Pete's no, doing the same thing. No, no, you got to throw wear. on the barn coat.
0: going st- to New Hampshire, throw on something
1: plaid. He was on stage with a band. One an ear flap hat. <laughs> it's June, what are you doing? Mayor Pete was on ba- on stage with a band over the weekend playing the piano, still wearing his, uh, he rolled up the sleeves, I think, to play the organ in a
2: oh, band, yeah. but he still
1: yeah. had the shirt and tie. Uh, but that stuff, that, that'll go up and down, and somebody will emerge, and a bunch of people won't, and all that sort of stuff. But the issues, that's kind of interesting, even though we just learned that Two-thirds of voters in Iowa say, I don't really care about the issues. I want to know uh-huh. who's going to Trump. Only a third of them said the candidate needs to have the same uh, view on issues as I do. That's something. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that is really something. We're all so cynical.
0: Anyway, these are the issues. And and or they've already perceived that there's so much agreement that there's no real difference. Mayor Pete or or Elizabeth Warren, I don't care. They're more or less the same. Is it possible they're thinking that? I don't know.
1: Uh, Candidates must support dot, dot, dot. This is likely in-person caucus, Gory. So these are people that are serious about it. They're going to show up and actually caucus, which nobody understands how that works. I don't, you don't, nobody does. You
0: go all evening, you stand around the basement, you yell at each other, then you separate into various corners of the room.
1: Number one issue that you have to have the most agreement on, or the the most people said you got to agree with, 79% said you got to swing the same way I do abortion-wise, if you want me to support you. 79%. Okay. That's your number one. Wow. wow. That's amazing. Uh, followed by... The cl- president doesn't abort. He doesn't perform abortions, nor does he stop them. Followed by, and this is an issue that has regularly over the years finished at the bottom for uh, national voters. Climate change yep. is the greatest threat. 75% say so you got to you gotta be with me on the climate change. Okay. Is there any candidate saying, I don't believe candidate ch- climate change running as a Democrat? I don't think so. so they're okay. Um... That reminds me there's so the Smithsonian and I wanna get my kids there so bad. Um has a new dinosaur wing of the museum Go! that is supposed to be just fantastic. Wait a to minute open for this summer and just the greatest in the world and way better than it used to be. I was looking at some pictures over the weekend, but there's controversy, Joe. Oh no. One of Too the, many white dinosaurs. Because one of the Koch brothers donated $35 million and was the biggest donor to make the museum uh, also special and nice. And he is a climate change denier, Joe. Boy, whoever's saying that, I would
0: like to grab your flesh in my mighty jaws and rip you limb from limb and then eat you. So like there's controversy. Dinosaur.
1: Will families uh, crush not you go. under my mighty
0: feet? Will, barbaric. There, will there will be protests etc cetera, etc cetera, because
1: seriously who y- gives a crap who donated to the museum you take your kids
0: to you understand if you're angry all the time you will die prematurely do you understand that
1: or even if you live to be 80 you will have spent your whole life angry does that sound like a good time that's a, that's the hot thing i've got another article on that there's examples all over the country that's the hot thing right now is looking who donated to various charities and whether or not you can support a charity that somebody else, you know, the Koch brothers donated to All or, or right. whatever.
0: All right. We have lost our humanity.
1: Yeah, it's... it's
0: we uh, are separating into tribes. We are, it, it, we are fully on the road to Hutu and Tutsieville where we slaughter each other over tribal affiliations.
1: Can't be too hip for the room. Koch brothers are well-known uh, donators to right-wing causes, and they're used as a boogeyman by the left of uh, something evil. Exactly. Anyway, they the one guy's super the into George dinosaurs. George
0: Soros of the right.
1: The people. one guy is super into dinosaurs and donated thirty-five million dollars to this museum that's supposed to be spectacular. But I won't take my kids. I was because he often is against climate change.
0: Sure, yeah. I was confused for years because the Koch brothers were uh, blow dealers. I uh, ran into in college, and I thought people <laughs> were talking about them. I thought they, you know, done well in life, but no, probably <laughs> in jail.
1: Followed by uh, fifty-seven percent of Iowa caucus goers say the candidate must support restoring assault-style weapon ban. Forty-nine percent, half Medicare for all, so that's universal health care. Wow, half universal health care.
0: Iowa is very liberal,
1: or so it would. Of course, those are Democrat caucus goers. Yeah, you're you're super into it. Forty-two percent student debt forgiveness. Oh boy. 30.
0: That is exact. See, that, this may be the perfect example of, I don't know if it's a liberal versus a conservative, but to me, a dreamer versus a practical person. You've got a market that's so wildly out of whack, the market for college educations. The kids are getting, you know, oh my God. I, I wish I knew. I would give credit for this. It's so funny. I'm going to steal this line. Kids are going to out of state schools to get a degree in left-handed puppetry. <laughs> And, <laughs> and they get out of school $135,000 in debt. That's funny. And you think the solution to a market that skewed is to throw more mo- government money into it. That's insane. That's gasoline on a fire. You
1: know, it just Popics. makes, it just makes Are sense. Are human
2: beings too. That's
1: right. It just makes sense, especially in the computer age, that educating children has gotten so much more expensive. Yeah. It, just, it makes perfectly good sense that it's that much harder to get the information. What? I don't think Positive people are question. People aren't voting to fix the market. People are voting to fix their issue. Does that make sense? Like, but it's going to make the issue worse, but it will we make gotta, their bank account better. Well, yeah. Well, so that is clearly so true. Well, yeah. There you go.
0: Well, right. And if it's if it's just pure naked greed, that I can understand. Thirty-two percent green. New I'm afraid new most people look at it as a policy prescription.
1: A third green new deal. Have to You have to agree the new Green New what? Deal is going to happen. A third of Iowa caucus oh, voters. So now you can just shut up. Shut <laughs> up. Uh, a quarter want free public college tuition. A quarter want voting rights for all felons. And one-fifth want breaking up big tech. So
0: these are clearly Democrat activists. Your most engaged <laughs> and enthusiastic 10%. Well, that's the people you got to get to come out of Iowa as a one, two, three. Which is why the system is so broken. Uh, I will quote uh, Jonah Goldberg a little bit later on today about why the fully democratized uh, primary system is a terrible idea, terrible for the country.
1: Among things we'll talk about that's not so uh, academic, the percentage of people who call in sick because their pet is sick. This is a thing. Bosses, do you allow that? I didn't know you allowed that. I can't come in today. My cat's got uh, a hurt foot. I I didn't know. I didn't know that was apparently. My cat has a cough. My cat is coughing. (laughs) Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and
1: Getty Show. Marshall's got a good story in his news about this Democrat who says he's going to challenge Jerry Nadler to the left, you know, primary him, Mm. because he's not serious about impeachment. And I think that could be a big deal. I think that could make Nadler nervous. You see how AOC upset a person. Now people get upset. You know, people lose to their people in their own party. Right. In these safe districts. That's the only thing to fear. Yeah. And uh, this guy could push Nadler to do things he wasn't going to do before. Wow. He might say, I don't care what Nancy Pelosi says. I got to move forward with her impeachment or I'm going to lose my job. I have no idea where this is going to end. I don't either. No clue. Um, and also the, uh, immigration stuff and the, man, the protests in Hong Kong, which I think are, are interesting. Um, I am somewhat obsessed with China, but, uh, so I have a friend who knows a lot about China, China. No, I'm not going to use the name in this case, in case it was really was something terrible that I did. But so my uh, my son's really into Legos, and some Lego thing he was building had a flag on it with Asian writing on it, mm. and I snapped a pic of it and sent it to my friend and said, can you read this? And they said, that's Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, that's really cultural belligerence, isn't it? <laughs> that's, to send something, that's something. In, send something in Japanese to someone who's yeah. Chinese descent and say, yeah. can you read this for me? Yeah. <laughs> The little like asking a black guy what's the best jazz album or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's some Val Nags. That was kind of, yeah. What happened on Seinfeld? Yeah, ask the mailman, where's a good where's a good Chinese restaurant? And right. the mailman turned out to be Asian. Oh, oh, wow, so I know where the Chinese restaurants are. That sort of thing. Um, a quarter of pet owners have called in and said they can't come to work because their pet is sick. Is this a thing? I didn't know this was a thing. I would never even consider this. But uh, apparently it is. Uh, A couple more stats. Actually, 39% of pet owners have taken a day off for this reason, but only a quarter of them have actually told their boss that is why they were calling in sec. 27% have worked home. Well, work from home. If you can work from home, that's as good a reason as any. I'm going to work from home today because uh, I don't have a clean shirt. Might be a good reason. (laughs) I don't feel like it. 30% have flaked on plans with their friends to spend time with their pet instead. And this one's got nothing to do with it. Three-quarters of people have panicked when their pet swallowed something they shouldn't have. Well, okay. The top five bad things our pets swallow are grass. Well, they're fine if they swallow grass. That's,
0: that's fine. I've actually done a fair amount of reading on that. Just watching Baxter and Onyx before him used to eat grass. And, and the leading theory, as I understand it among veterinarians
1: right now, why do dogs eat grass is because it tastes good. No, I didn't know they didn't know. I do know that every time a dog has got, like, something going wrong with their teeth, the belly they start to eat grass seems to help them out
0: that was the theory for a long time it may still be true hmm. but uh, yeah they just like it toilet paper and bugs are other things people get upset about but the, the bugs thing, the lizards thing. i was nervous about baxter eating a lizard i gotta admit and a frog he almost ate a frog
1: a whole frog right out of the pool and i was like yeah and he looks at me dude what what i was about to eat it i gave each of my dogs a hot dog over the weekend because really? uh, yeah, because I had I, I yeah, opened because those it's summers. summertime, <laughs> <laughs> and we were watching a baseball game. So right. I thought, who wants a hot dog? Um, <laughs> I opened a pack of hot dogs. I ate the hot dog. It was the worst tasting hot dog I've ever eaten in my life. Oh really? Yeah, and uh, it was just awful. That's I couldn't something. even eat it. Yeah. So, um, what, what brand did you get? I'm um, not gonna like say like off brand or no. It was one of your fancy brands. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Bought four different kinds. The Nathans ah. were delicious. Of course. But this kind was not. Anyway, so really? I got some hot dogs left over, and I said, I texted my wife. I said, Sh- "Can I f- should I feed the hot dogs the, the, the dogs? Is that okay for them? She said, they eat worse stuff than that. And I thought, yeah, they eat dead squirrels. Right. So I don't think a hot dog's going to hurt them any. Anyway, here's the, the, the problem. I thought, well, this would be a real treat for them. We'll be so excited. Yeah.
0: <laughs> ah! I,
1: I, uh, I, a, I think I'm way a, out of here. A large dog can eat a hot dog in roughly a half a second. Right. <laughs> here's your hot dog. Go on. You have another one? Yeah. That was it. Not
2: Tick-tack. a lot of en-
1: not a lot of- Yeah, exactly. Not a lot of enjoyment. Yeah, exactly. There. It's like a peanut for a big dog. But anyway, don't call in sick for work because your pet's sick. Just well,
0: if there's work. a meteor heading for the earth, I'm eating a lot of hot dogs. Lot of hot dogs. I I don't. Yeah, probably better things for you plus the bun. I got to have the bun. I love the bun. But man, if 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 all bets are off, And then uh, bratwurst, obviously, Uh, hot dog and all your your, uh, related sausages.
1: I've had four since Friday.
0: Good man. Yeah. I'm not going to condemn you. Hot dogs, brats, I'm going to have, like, the the chicken apple
1: sausages. You ever have those? Those Oh, those are are good. Oh, Oh, dude. Although one of the hot dogs I had was from the gas station. I tweeted that one. Oh, yeah. I was hungry and I was at the gas station and they had the hot dog on the little thing. That was a grim looking dog. the, The hot dog was okay. The bun was a little iffy. Mm-hmm. bun had been there a while since bun was there since gas was 250 a gallon a little I chewy
2: think. huh <laughs> i kind of was a leafy
1: well yeah it depends uh who's listening in what part of the country gas is still
0: 250 a gallon in a lot of places absolutely yeah. Uh, yeah
1: um not in cal unicornia so why did a million people take to the streets in hong kong we'll talk about that later but China, mainland China, is trying to take over Hong Kong, and they've been pretty successful, as I was reading in the New York Times book review over the weekend, how there are really no bookstores left in Hong Kong. China has closed them all down one way or the other. Chinese citizens could get books from Hong Kong, like real books, about really what's going on in the world, not just the Chinese government's view of it. Mm-hmm. The Chinese government has managed to close down all those bookstores. Either just you all of a sudden lose your lease at your building and you can't be open there anymore, or in some cases the bookstore owners disappearing. just right. don't They don't exist anymore. Or they'll
0: say, oh, you got serious, serious tax problems. We need you to come in, yeah. and then you're not seen again. Yeah,
1: and so they they can't get... Um, you know, Western, free, honest journalism anymore, even in Hong Kong.
0: Jack, Hong Kong is a semi-autonomous region that's under the uh, control of uh, Beijing, but not really, except more and more, really. Yeah, and they're I think... trying to take more and more control, and specifically, they want to be able to extradite anybody who's arrested in Hong Kong. And because Hong Kong has an independent judiciary right now, which is kind of cool, but uh, See, long not, that lasts. not long.
1: What's coming up in your news, Marshall?
2: Well, Trump doubling down on tariffs. We've got former Hillary clinton aides saying the Democratic leadership needs to change and college kids meaner than ever. Somebody
1: ask Hillary Clinton what she thinks? Why, why would anybody well, ask that? Her, her, nobody cares. I guess one of her top aides is saying that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, stay tuned all the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. So I'm in the lunchroom. I'm getting some water. It's the only way I ever see CNN. It's on in the lunchroom. It's always a treat, isn't it? Getting back to our conversation of last week that like lunchrooms at work, airports, places like that have CNN on. Because there's a belief that it's kind of middle of the road, everybody's news, which is crazy. So they're wall to wall Russia Mueller impeachment stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is not where the country is.
0: Right, right. Now they're under. While they've admitted no crime, the Trump administration, the Trump team, very anxious to receive the dirt from Russia. Clearly, a relationship there. So, yeah. Oh, man, are they still flogging that? Yeah, unbelievable. And they had John Dean on this morning, on live for an extended interview. That's right, the Watergate figure, who is a stunt booking on the House uh, is the Judiciary Committee this morning? Yes. Our oversight? I guess it's judiciary. Um, he's a stunt booking. He's going to compare uh, Trump's uh, actions to those of Nixon. Mm-hmm. It's not investigating. That's the interesting part. The the guy who you mentioned the uh, former uh, oh, who was he? he was criticizing oh is a, a Clinton figure whoever he was was saying Nadler's not serious I'm going to primary
1: him. we're about to have that as our lead yeah, story oh good. Here. okay yeah. super Marshall Phillips has oh, got it's the that news. dude okay yeah.
2: all right jumping into this we do have a former aide to Hillary Clinton fed up with the Democratic leadership's hesitation to begin impeachment proceedings against President Trump. And tells MSNBC he's openly considering a run against the House Judiciary Committee Chairman, Jerry Nadler. The Democratic Party leadership needs to change. And I'll be perfectly frank, and I've floated this, and I'm actually seriously considering. I've been a long-time Upper West Side resident of Manhattan, and I'm considering running um, to primary representative Nadler. Peter Dow, who led the digital operations for Clinton's 2008 campaign, railed against the House leaders' insistence to focus on investigations and not impeachment.
1: I think this could be a big deal. I think this could get Nadler's attention and he could get scared and think, wow, I'm going to, whether yeah. we win or not, that hold, we would lose the senator, Nancy, the, the middle or whatever. I'm going to lose my job if I don't go forward with this.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dow telling MSNBC's Ari Melber. I mean, people would argue that Chairman Nadler, more
1: than Pelosi, has been trying to push forward and I, and, and I in, with, with what you're talking and about. Well,
2: that's what's being said. However, just like many other Democratic politicians who have been willing mm-hmm. to step up in the House and say, look, whatever the speaker says, I believe it should happen now. And the reason I say it is, and I'm only considering it, and I'm considering it because I want to walk the talk. Walk the talk
1: long-time Upper West Side resident. He and I might as well be from different planets.
0: (laughs) So, uh, I find old uh, Fat Nadler to be absolutely useless as a human being. I mean, I just... I I find him morally repugnant, dishonest, uh, a hundred different critical descriptors, but I think he's right in that, listen, let's just kind of act impeachy but not do it, because that would be insane, especially right before an election. There's no point. Um... So I get that, but I read this piece in the New York Post by Michael Goodwin, and he's talking about the never-ending war to delegitimize Trump. Right. Maybe you don't like him, whatever, but the fact that it, it never ends, and it morphs from one accusation to another to another, and it's always a constitutional crisis, and we've got to get him out of the office, he says... um, some of his supporters can be expected to retaliate in kind the next time there's a Democrat in the White House. Would it be surprising if angry Republicans also start to boycott the inauguration the State of the Union? If the GOP holds one or both houses, investigation of the new president's past and family would be almost guaranteed from day one. After all, turnabout would be fair play. Keep it going, and soon enough, impeachment and prison could become political tools routinely used by both parties to overturn elections. My fear is that it would take another civil war to stop the escalating cycle.
1: That'd be an ugly way to run our politics. Oh boy! I don't. By know. the way, a tease for you. Yeah. I have the latest update on Kevin Durant, whether or not he plays with the Warriors tonight. Oh. There is news on this story. Mm. Stay tuned.
2: All right. I don't know if you've heard, but California is moving to become the first state to grant health benefits for thousands of illegals. What? As part of There's a, a
1: state in the country that's going to give health care to illegals? They're going to make the taxpayers, the lawful taxpayers of that state, pay their hard-earned money that they busted
0: their mm-hmm. butts for in one of the highest cost-of-living places in America to give to people who snuck in. How interesting. What idiotic, uh, fantasy-ridden state is that, Marshall?
2: That would be, again, California as part of their new budget deal around 90,000 young, low-income illegals would have access to the state's Medicaid program at a cost of a hundred million dollars a year. How does that poll
1: in California? Do most people think that's a good idea, or is that just the the, the legislature? I think it it polls probably pretty damn well. Really? Yeah, I haven't. Okay. I don't. Well, know then call see States get to do whatever they want. Then.
0: Yeah, they absolutely do. Yeah, it. it I don't,
1: I don't want any part of it. Oh no, absolutely not. I, I think find it's it horrific. crazy. I think it's absolutely crazy. Like. Like, insane, like, I can't even believe you brought it up as yeah. an
0: idea. Well, and if it's up to 25 now, it'll be 27 next year. Hey, like, if your
1: wife came home and said, I think we should get a Rolls Royce, it's about a $2 million car. What are you talking about? Why Why? Why, why did you even bring that up? Right. That's impossible. But it's
0: oldsters now and up to 25-year-olds. Yep. Explain to me why a 25-year-old should get taxpayer paid for healthcare and a 26-year-old should not. How about a 26-year-old with children? And this is, this is welfare creep. This is how these programs get so bloated. Well, you've got a 27-year-old, but she's a single mother with three children. How do we deny her benefits when we give benefits to a healthy, working 25-year-old male? Well, I can come up with no argument against that. And so she gets the benefits. So what's
1: that. the argument on the pro side that uh, illegals are using the emergency rooms right. for their health care, right. which is very expensive? And will continue to. And we're all paying for it anyway. Yeah, right. yeah, the only way to really fix these problems is tonight of illegals in your
2: country. For some reason, Justin Bieber is challenging Tom Cruise to a fight in the octagon. Finally, yes. And asked. isn't to, there about a thirty-year age difference? There? At least, yes. Tom Cruise is about sixty, isn't he? What's he's Bieber? close to that? He's close to that. Bieber's about 24, 25, Would you say? <gasps> and in a...
0: well, Tom Cruise is in great shape. I yep. mean, he's still like flying, uh, hanging out of airplanes, and still jumping off cliffs. 60. And the rest 60. Of it. Yeah. yeah,
2: twenty-five to twenty-five. <laughs> On Twitter, Bieber said, I want to challenge Tom Cruise to fight in the Octagon. Tom, if you don't take this fight, you're scared and you will never live it down. Who is willing to put on the fight? Dana White. Dana White, head of UFC. MMA star Conor McGregor stepped in immediately, announced that his company would host the event.
1: <laughs> awesome. So it gets even better. But yes. why,
2: why does Justin Bieber want to punch
0: and kick Tom Cruise at all? Is it a religious Nobody thing? Bieber's
1: a, oh. Bieber's a serious Christian and Tom Cruise is whatever that is, Scientology. Right. Um, wants to fight him about yep. it. Yeah, It's a holy war. Well yeah, what, it's what, what is this? Holy war. It's the it's Crusades. The beaver and Tom Cruise. <laughs> Next. Next is <demands laughs> a trial by combat. Next we'll
2: find a big tough Jew to fight a Muslim. <laughs> what? Wow. The, what? Wow. Raptors looking to finish off finish off the Warriors tonight in Game 5 of the NBA uh, Finals in Toronto. Raptors won both games in Oakland to grab a commanding 3-1 lead in the is, best of seven. Is
1: America going to put up with a foreign country winning our world championship? I don't know if we can do anything about it. Well,
0: uh, we we sure as hell can. We can rise up and, and invade Canada.
1: Kev- <laughs> Kevin Durant might be able to do something about it. He's been the MVP of the finals right. the last two seasons, one of the best basketball players in the world. A guy named Jay Williams, former player who works for ESPN, had dinner with Kevin Durant and said just two hours ago that he'd be shocked if Kevin Durant doesn't play tonight. Wow. Based on his dinner with Kevin Durant. Dinner know, table events. I don't know if you can add in a guy who hasn't played with the team in over a
2: month and just automatically be great, but we'll see. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, C. Armstrong at Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. The Warriors could seriously use another shooter. Well, he's that.
0: He's yeah. one of the best there's ever been. Even if he doesn't have to run around a lot. Plus, he's seven feet tall and can just shoot over guys. Just post him there at the uh, three-point line, have everybody else run around and dish him the ball.
1: Um, I, unfortunately, could talk about that for about an hour, but I don't suppose most people want to hear that. Um, which direction do we want to go?
0: Toward Montreal and Toronto. You knock them out. The rest of the country falls. Winnipeg. Take out the hubs first. Winnipeg yeah. and Ottawa will surrender. Gary, I've, I've war game this over and over again. The invasion of Canada. Oh, God. And now is the don't be like Hitler and Russia. Don't wait till the winner. The moment that game is over, you hit them. You hit them hard.
1: You can't win our world championship. World championships are for American teams. Right. Everybody knows that.
0: Vancouver will hold out. That's why you lay siege to Vancouver. (laughs) A naval blockade.
1: That's part of my plan. Fantastic. Seattle again. It's going to get ugly.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show. We're going to be working together with Mexico and Guatemala to get this under control at the easiest place to get it under control, which was the Mexico-Guatemala border.
1: There you go. Who is that? That's Senator Blunt. What is he? He's somebody. Um, So did Trump get a win? (laughs) on the whole mexico tariff thing he threatened tariffs if they don't do something they uh, they they committed to doing something and so not that i care about the win loss part i just want things to happen well, i want there to be less people coming across the border right right you know yes Saw the homeland security secretary say yesterday somewhere between 25 and 30% of the families are fake families oh yeah
0: yeah rented children the cartels the evil murderous torturous cartels Use kids as props so you have a family. You can't be detained. They turn you loose into the country. 87% don't show up for their hearings, and they're in. I mean, it's it's absurdly easy. It reminds me of your story about a, uh, a family from another land that emigrated through, you know, the relationship. Some call it chain migration, the family relationship visas, and now openly laugh and mock the
1: United States for just being such suckers and
0: so generous.
1: But, you know because they go on the dole as soon as they get here they're not right. working yeah i guess there are worse not reputations to have than this particular family i'm talking about yeah
0: yeah well I'd, and we've talked to plenty of people in social services who understand that you have these uh, ethnic slash uh you know national groups that school each other as they come to the country and how to work the system but so the interesting part of the trump mexico deal the current mexico deal um which unquestionably moves Cooperation between the two countries for a re, on a regional problem it moves it forward, you know, and it's it's significant incremental but significant I would say to the extent that I can tell what's going on. There's one major aspect of this, according to the president, that has yet to be announced because um, the the Mexican side asked that it be kept quiet until their legislature rules on it, which is fair enough. But just for a couple of a couple of quick points, yeah, they're they're throwing thousands of. Uh, National Guard troops, Mexican National Guard, to the border to help control their own border and prevent more uh, of the, uh, the the Hondurans and the El Salvadorans and the Guatemalans from, from going into Mexico, which is good. And also, they're going to work with us on a system to keep those people in Mexico the way the UN says they're supposed to if they're looking for asylum. So this is good and perhaps more to come. But the really interesting part to me, once again, is is the media coverage of this. CNN is going hard, and the New York Times is going hard, but all this stuff had been agreed to before. I mean, mostly, most of it agreed to before. It hadn't been implemented, but, you know, this is an old agreement. And so instead of Including just... Including
1: Fox. That was Brett Bear's leading line of questioning on Fox News Sunday yesterday, and I mm. thought, what? Yeah, yeah. Well, he reads the New York Times, too, and it's very easy to get pulled into that vortex, but
0: I'm looking at the WAPO here. Here's the headline. Trump def- And this is their first story on it. Trump defends deal with Mexico that critics say will do little to curb migrant crisis. And that's what bothers me so much, is that everything, everything is viewed through the lens of, does this help Trump or her? Right, right. Is this a good thing for Trump? And if it, even if it's a good thing, how can we portray it as a bad thing? Just, wh- hey, WAPO, what is what has been agreed to? Just tell me what's been agreed to and what it means. And just, God, everything is so obsessively through the lens of Trump. Makes you crazy. You can't even tell what happened. They go right into analysis.
1: Once again, though, here's Senator Roy Blunt on Face the Nation yesterday
2: uh, explaining what the Mexico tariffs were really about. Probably the biggest message here is now not to Mexico, but to China, that the president is clearly willing to use tariffs and actually... The president believes that tariffs are a significant, positive economic tool. Uh, lots of people in the country agree with that. That's never been my view, but mm-hmm. it's always been the president's view. So he is consistently willing to use something that uh, he has always said was should be part of our arsenal.
1: Who knows? Maybe it is a message to China. Look, I'm willing to do this. Right, right. This is my thing.
0: You know, and speaking Simple of phony thing. arguments in the media, they, they spend a lot of time saying uh, tariffs have not been used widely in the United States. But well, No, it's not a policy. It's just a tool. It's a short-term tool. I'm actually not crazy about it in some cases, but um, they're just being dishonest. Two quick NBA texts we got. Oh, my God, the WAPO quotes Beto O'Rourke, saying these are agreements that Mexico has already made in some cases months ago. Beto, just thrilled to be quoted by anybody. He's down at like 1% or 2% now. Yeah. He's nobody. He's third tier at best. How quickly they come and they go.
1: Um, two NBA texts we got quickly. Make it a best of nine series for foreign teams. I don't I don't have any problem with that.
0: Just to make sure before we hand them our
1: trophies. <laughs> just blame it on the exchange rate or something. Yeah, exactly. It's the exchange rate. Seven in America is nine in Canada. Right. So it's just the way. So, right. so you got to win two more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, the Durantula will make a gigantic impact tonight, Warriors and Seven. I just hadn't heard the term Durantula, which is kind of funny.
0: All right. Um, He's got legs like a racehorse.
1: He may have the thinnest legs in professional sports. Spindly. Went to, uh, took the kids to Pets 2 yesterday. The big uh, cartoon movie. Oh, the uh, right the now. Secret Life of Pets too. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Well, they they, they uh, I definitely know why it's Pets Two and not so. The first movie was The Secret Life of Pets, and it was the whole premise was here is uh, here's what your pets do when you're not around, mm-hmm. and that was funny and cool and everything like that. But for the uh, for the sequel, and I don't know why sequels are always like this. They get completely away from the premise, which happens with almost all sequels of all movies ever, and I just. I finally realized that yesterday. So that's why The Secret Life is in tiny words, and it just says pets, too, because uh, it's really got nothing to do with The Secret Life of Pets, for the I most see, part. Yeah. They're on an adventure and stopping uh, the, some circus trainer from abusing tigers or something. There you and go. they do that with lots of sequels. And in my life, I've seen that. They take they take the group you like from a movie you really loved and then put them in a completely different situation. And I've always wondered why they do that. The Maybe the reason The Godfather 2 was such a successful sequel is they didn't take the mobsters, and now they're going on spring break, or something like that. (laughs) They're opening a restaurant. Right, exactly. (laughs) Now they run a high school? Um, (laughs) But but a perfectly fine movie. It doesn't matter. that, and Who cares? A perfectly fine movie. I did notice that we went to Spider-Verse, and it was so damn loud. So damn loud. It was too loud for me, let alone my kids. And I thought, well, maybe it's just because it was the kind of movie it was soundtrack. Yesterday's movie was so loud, too. And... Almost half of the kids there were wearing headphones, like my kids. We brought wow. headphones. Because the volume is punishing. Wow. I mean, I can't even, huh. and I'm half deaf. Huh. So that I guess that's a new trend in movies. you got to get the home experience with all the speakers and the explosions. It's just yeah, definitely guess. loud in there. I don't, what is it about movies
0: and dialogue? You know, I'll watch a, a produce for tv thing, generally speaking, And it's fine. I get every word. I watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm I'm fine. I'm tracking. I'm great. But then I watch a movie like we're into True Detective right now. The first season of it. We're binging it, more or less. And... And you'll have uh, you know uh, Woody Harrelson will say something to Matthew McConaughey, and McConaughey will reply, "I not say And Judy and I will both watch it three times, and I'll say, "I think I caught Street." I think he said Street in there. Makes you want to buy a Lincoln Continental, though, doesn't it? <laughs> and, and I'll say, and "Yeah, I'll say, yeah, I think he was talking about the other guy." <laughs> I can't get dialogue in movies. They've got to, I don't know, a turn up the treble or something like that. Maybe it's just that everybody's subwoofer is roaring so loud that you can't. <laughs> dialogue sounds like that. I
1: have to have my TV on the spoken word setting for the sound. Otherwise, I can't hear anything. I can't you. figure out how to get mine to work. Any, anyway, that's a separate issue. One of the previews was. And
0: I'm not, I did, don't, don't. I am not technically inept, I'm technically adept. I go to closed captioning. Yep, select. English, select. On, select. And then I go back. There's nothing on the screen. <laughs> N- nothing but Matthew
1: McMumbles jabbering something that I'll never know. <laughs> but I saw the preview, uh, which was even louder than the movie for uh, that Beatles movie where the guy goes into a coma and wakes up and the Beatles didn't exist. What an odd premise for a movie that is. It's original. I'd say. It's not repetitive.
0: Armstrong and Getty.